Hi, my name is Gary Myers. And I am Joe Fontenot. We're the hosts of the Answering the Call podcast. And this is the podcast where we talk to people who are answering God's call. Today, our guest is Matthew Weaver, who is on staff at Vintage Church here in New Orleans. Matthew talks about what a ministries pastor is and if your church could benefit from having one. So, here's Matthew. Matthew Weaver, you um, are an NOBTS grad. You work on staff at a local church here in New Orleans called Vintage Church. Is that the official name, Vintage Church? Vintage right? Church, vintage or church. on social media, Vintage Church NOLA. Oh, nice plug. <laughs> and you are the ministries pastor. Yeah. And I found that very interesting because before we had had any conversation, I had never um, heard of a ministries pastor. So. Yeah. In a word, what is a ministries pastor? So on our website, it says, a ministries pastor leads uh, the ministries of Vintage Church to connect new people into Vintage and serve the needs of their families. So currently, it's uh, my position. We, I oversee um, our Connect ministry, which is like our next steps, a simulation, uh, plugging people into the church um, outreach, which uh, we call it Serve NOLA. We have, I think we have like 10 to 12 partnerships in the city that we serve, um, pastoral care, and then our generations, which is um, kids, students, men's ministry, and women's ministry. So, Okay. So a ministry's pastor, in a lot of ways, is a, is a function of getting lay people engaged. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So, so this sounds a little bit different than an outreach person. So an outreach is like finding people who maybe aren't engaged at all and bringing them in. Right. This is getting the ones who are here right. plugged in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so before you started doing this position, was there such a thing at Vintage? So this is a brand new position um, as of this year. And I, previously last year in 2018, I was the Connect Pastor. And so that, that mainly meant that I oversaw half of what I'm overseeing now. So okay. Connect Ministry pastoral care and outreach. Uh, we have some transitions at our church in leadership this past year and uh, a new lead pastor, which kind of opened up a new need mm. for this new position. And mm-hmm. so this position is brand new as of uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. And so what you said earlier is true, like lay people that are currently serving and currently involved, I'm trying to equip them and help them rise up and lead. But also some of this is still kind of in the works, right? So um, particularly like our outreach ministry and some of our pastoral care and different things like that, we're still trying to bring new people into that to lead. Um, but our generations ministry, we have leaders that, that lead it already. Mm-hmm. But some of these others, I'm a little bit more hands-on right now, and I'm mm-hmm. working on filling that out with some more leaders. So. And, s- and specifically, these are lay leaders. Lay leaders, so volunteers. these are not paid. These are volunteers. That's right. Volunteer church members. Okay. Active members. So you mentioned um, with the new leadership and just general changes that happened, there was a need, mm-hmm. and this came out of that need. Talk about that need. Like, how would a church know that they need yeah. a ministries pastor? So I think what what's unique is what I've observed so far <laughs> about this position is it's very obviously very people oriented. So if you're not a people person, um, if you don't enjoy uh, hanging out with people and caring for people and spending time with people, um, now obviously in ministry you need to have <laughs> some of that anyways, right? To an extent, but this is a very 
uh, hands-on with people position. So um, if a church doesn't have anyone currently that, of course, maybe they have ministers or pastors or staff members that are getting things done, right, or running a ministry, um, but but there might be a gap in their leadership with... Uh, I, had, I had a mentor tell me one time, it's kind of like the handshake of the church. Mm. So someone that that comes in and is kind of more naturally a people person mm-hmm. that can be a uh, really a shepherd very closely with the with the flock, right, mm-hmm. with the church, um, to kind of really to help the, the lead pastor, senior pastor, mm-hmm. you know, not that he never does that, but, I mean, he's got a, a million other things, too, going on. And so it's it works well with that lead pastor helping him keep a keep an eye out on the pastoral needs and helping him mm-hmm. kind of carry that weight. But also just if there's if there's no one that's kind of overseeing the ministries of the church as a whole and providing direction mm-hmm. to all the to to you know the ministries in the church that could be a need there. Like if you've just got a bunch of people leading all these ministries and no one's kind of like sort of that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Providing vision mm-hmm. and direction um, for these ministries, um, you could you could need something mm-hmm. like a ministries pastor. So, so tell me, how is this different from an education pastor? Yeah, and do you guys have an education pastor? Do you do this? How do you handle this? Tell me about that. Yeah, so we currently don't have you know uh, necessarily that education role. Um, we've, we're kind of we do small groups during the week. Mm-hmm. And so that's very, you know, we have actually seminary students that write our small group curriculum, um, and a lot of it's sermon-based. And so that's kind of the rotation we have with that right now. Um, And so the education, when I think of education minister, you know, I think of the more Sunday school, or like the curriculum, the Sunday school, the equipping of, you know, maybe even just the teaching or the classes and Mm -hmm. different things like that. Uh, we're not, you know, a, a mega church or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're a, a good sized church. Uh, we're a healthy church. Um, that how, could, much, how much do you guys run, just so people get a perspective? So we run about. It's funny you ask because this weekend <laughs> things could change, but we run a, around three hundred on a Sunday, uh, a little over three hundred with kids. We're actually about to have another church family join us this mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, Harbor Church in Lakeview is joining us and mm-hmm. kind of. Coming into our family and merging that, in with you, merging in okay. with us, and so that could add, you know, I mean, we'll see, Lord yeah, willing, sure. seventy five hundred more people. So we're about three, I would say three to four hundred range is a good okay. estimate of the size okay. of our church. And so um, the education minister, though, I just think more of like uh, equipping through, you know, the, the Word of God, theological things, um, different classroom settings, stuff like that, and all that is is much much needed. The ministries pastor, um, at least right now, I'm not really doing that. I'm more of like practical, hands-on, leading, uh, helping lead these leaders that lead the ministries. Um, I'll provide spiritual counsel mm-hmm. to them. Right, I, I need to work more on equipping them spiritually. That's one of my goals this year as well. But it's more of like the hands-on, mm-hmm. daily mm-hmm. running of the ministries. So what do you wind up doing daily? So for instance, or first, or briefly, tell me, do your ministries go throughout all the week? Or are they primarily like Sunday? Or mm-hmm. like, number one, how does that look? And number two, what do you wind up doing during the week? Yeah, it's a good question. So because my job is so broad uh-huh. and I've got my hands in so many things, sometimes the week will look different. 
Um, Mondays are always my follow-up days. And uh, what I mean by that is basically every Sunday we have follow-up. We have follow-up to do the week of that Sunday. So people will turn in, we call them connect cards. On a Sunday, we have cards on every seat, and people will fill those out, turn those in based on their needs, prayer requests, or if they're a first-time guest. We have a system we take them through, and I'll follow up with them. So Monday, I'm doing that. You know, Sunday's a long day. And so I like, you know, a lot of us, we like Monday to be uh, doing things that we have to, that have to get done, but mm-hmm. maybe things that aren't like completely draining. <laughs> so right. I do my follow-up on Mondays, and then I plan my week. So mm-hmm. we have a staff meeting on Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we have pastor meetings a couple times a month. Um, I have huddles. We call them huddles, mm-hmm. and uh, where we try to meet up with our team leaders, mm-hmm. those that lead these ministries, and I try to do those once a quarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, syncing up with them, making sure that we evaluate how things have gone the past quarter, mm-hmm. and we look towards the, the next quarter mm-hmm. of ministry. Um, and so there's there's meetings that pop up, there's pastoral care things that pop up. Um, it's really depending, a lot of it's dependent on what's going on in the church calendar. Do we mm-hmm. have some events coming up, um, like Easter's coming up? You know, we have a lot of things coming up this spring, a crawfish boil, uh, a serve NOLA day where we go out and serve mm-hmm. our city. So there's a lot of prep to do with that. Um, and how much of like logistics do you find kind of naturally falls on your plate? As yeah, the, a, a good bit. Um, yeah. You can ask our lead pastor, uh, Dustin Turner. He's kind of been my, honestly, my mentor here at Vintage. And when I first got here, I was awful with details. I was a <laughs> seminary student, and uh, and he's a very detailed detailed guy. And one of his goals with me working under him was to make me one of the most detailed guys he's worked with. And Has I guess happened? you can ask him, but he says, it, yeah, he says <laughs> we'll have it's him happened on next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, you can ask him. He says it's happened, so I, I, I've gotten a lot better with that. It's not like we have you know a church administrator right now or a secretary, so we're kind of having to run our own mm-hmm. admin stuff at the same time, right? So a lot of the logistics fall on me, but at the same time, part of my goal is to delegate mm-hmm. some logistics to our volunteers, to mm-hmm. our leaders. Um, to to begin to pass things off to them because if I'm swamped all mm-hmm. the time with all the the details and caught up in the the grind of all the mon- you know all the things that just have to get done, I'm not as freed up to kind of see the bigger picture. Yeah. So yes, I do have to work with a lot of logistics, but um, I've already passed some of that off to some people in different ways, and I'm working on. Mm-hmm passing more of it off as well. So one theme I've heard you say over and over, and especially as you defined um, what a ministry's pastor is, at least how you guys put this, is this idea of raising up lay leaders Mm -hmm. to be involved, right? which I think is a huge need because if you don't have active lay leaders, and I think everybody on church staff everywhere at all times knows this, what I'm about to say, but if you don't have active lay leaders, then it's it's really just a matter of time before the staff burns out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and it's the staff's job to, you know, raise these people up anyway so that the ministry can grow and bloom and That's right. move forward. How do you find yourself finding and uh, building up lay leaders? How do you cultivate lay leaders? How do yeah. you get people involved? That's a great question, and it's very fresh for us because we just created a leadership pipeline. Okay. And uh, 
and we went to Atlanta back in the fall, and we had some, I guess you could say church consultants or guys that do this for a living, like coaching, Mm -hmm. help us develop a leadership pipeline, Mm -hmm. a process to take people through. Mm -hmm. We just finished our first leader, we call it leadership track. Our lead pastor led it. And um, did you like it, by the way, the, the the process that you went through in Atlanta? Yeah, man, it was good. It was uh, it was very eye opening. Who did it, it? His name is Mac Lake. Okay, yeah, it, he's a great guy. If anybody needs, is a he with recommendation. a with a company? He is, and I'm going blank on what it's called. It's not Oxiano, is it? You know what? I think it might be. I've heard of them. Yeah, I've heard I think of them it doing is doing a lot of stuff like this. Yeah, that's what it yeah, sounds like. I think it's Oxiano. Uh, it was in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. It was really good. A ton of churches yeah. were there. And uh, basically, they, they give you a big old, you know, sticky note on the wall, and they say, draw out what you have right now. And then when they just they meet you where you're at, and they help you develop that. And so um, we have a system now. We didn't have one before. Our system before was, hey, if you want to serve, fill out this Connect card, let us know. We'd love to get you plugged in. And yes, some people do that. But people want guidance. People want That's right. direction. That's right. Because essentially, before what it sounds like, you're 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 kind of putting all the burden on them. That's right. To it's understand to the need. That's right. To understand their placement and to understand even your kind of strategic vision. And yeah. And that's that's a really high wall it's, to climb. It's, and it's confusing. And so, I mean, we the th- thing. What I love about our church is we have a lot of great volunteers. Hmm. If you ever come to our church on a Sunday, I, I guarantee that you would feel welcomed. And mm-hmm. uh, like you would be a part of our family, so people are great at it. But there comes a point where people people want more. Mm-hmm. Um, people want more opportunity, and so the leadership track and the pipeline has given them direction as to how to take a next step. And mm-hmm. so within, so basically within all of our volunteer teams, mm-hmm. we have a, a lot of volunteer teams that run different ministries and different things at our church. Within each team, we are creating that pipeline too. Mm-hmm. And so if you are on, uh, we call it our connect team, which is like our next steps, our welcome team, hospitality, you can be just a volunteer if mm-hmm. you'd like, but you can also be a team leader. Mm-hmm. Team leaders lead the team on Sundays. You can also be a coordinator. Mm-hmm. Coordinators lead the team leaders. Mm. You could be a ministry director, which technically I'm a pastor, but I'm also the ministry director of that because we're still figuring that. The ministry director oversees the entire ministry. Mm. And so we now have a system within our teams to rise up in leadership, and it's all volunteer. How so? How many? So you say you have currently about three hundred mm-hmm. people on a Sunday morning. Um, so active attenders and stuff. How many of those are volunteers? Like, what's your ratio look yeah. like? Yeah. So I would say, you know, right now we're doing a lot better with this. Our membership we call it partnership. But it's the same concept. If you mm-hmm. want to be a vintage partner, be a member. You go through a process, and our members are, are supposed to be serving. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> obviously, there's some, you know... Supposed to be. Yeah, so we're <laughs> sure. working on that, sure. and we're just encouraging them. And so we've got about 180, last time I checked, about 180 vintage partners that are members that have mm-hmm. gone through our our Connect Track, our Next Steps class, have covenanted with us and committed... Mm-hmm. And they're all in. They're in small groups. They're supposed to be serving. I would say, to be honest with you, if we're being realistic, I would probably say there's probably about 150 that are in some capacity serving or volunteering. Okay. So about so half, half of our congregation is is probably actively serving. And so, um, but I have seen a lot of new people lately take next steps and join teams. Mm. And this so, is part of the leadership pipeline. Yeah. Next and steps. even out, and they we had about 50 people go to the pipeline, go to the leadership track. 
And so all those people are doing something within their teams now to grow in leadership. But also just random people are taking next steps that didn't attend the leadership track, but they want to serve, they want to get on a team. And so they're joining our different, we call them V teams, mm-hmm. volunteer teams on Sundays. And so um, our, our numbers, even in our volunteers, the past even month, mm-hmm. um, past couple months really, has slowly picked up mm-hmm. a little more, right? So so that that sounds really great. And I bet you could tell me positive things that people have said about that. And if all goes according to plan, we get positive things. And that's what we really want and all that yeah. stuff. But what kind of negative things have you heard? What kind of negative feedback have you gotten as you guys have implemented this leadership pipeline? Yeah. Or have you gotten any negative feedback on it? I really haven't gotten a lot of negative feedback. I've gotten a lot of affirmations from people that they're excited that there's a clear process now. Mm. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know if I'd say negative. It's probably more of like just questions um, because this is so new. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is fresh. We just finished our first one like a few weeks ago. And mm-hmm. so um, there's still, you know, because it's so new, and that's part of the thing, like in a church when you start something new. Sure. You know, it takes some time to get it all panned out, right? And so because it's so new, maybe a few people have had questions about uh, more about the process, you know. And so some of these things we're still ironing out. I think we have a process now to get people started. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's still some things that need to be completed. And within each team, it's kind of the responsibility kind of of that team, that that, uh, director, Mm -hmm. to kind of put that process in place. Because it's not like you just kind of like work your way through and do nothing. Like there's some requirements. You have to do some things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's some things you have to even read or be equipped by. Mm -hmm. And then there's also just some things that you have to prove to yourself. Like you've got to kind of prove that you're a great leader, that you have potential, that you want to grow in your leadership and prove to be faithful. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we observe that, and when we when we notice that, that's when we kind of talk about mm-hmm. that next step. And so, um, I mean, I'm sure there's negativity, chit chat. You know, sure. in a church, there's stuff yeah. that the pastors don't hear about, and you know, some of that stuff is just going to happen because yeah. people are people. But I I, don't, I can't think of anything specific. I just think people still have questions as we iron all this out and as we get rolling. You know, so so zooming back for a moment, you guys had ministries, you had work the church was doing, you had some lay leaders involved, um, of course the staff were involved. So you realized the problem, so you went to this um, kind of leadership conference in Atlanta, and you guys came up with a plan, what you call a leadership pipeline, pipeline. And, th- and then after that you essentially rolled it out to the church, and right. did this Q&A, did this training, however you did it, and explained to them, this is what's up, if you want to move forward, yep. sign the line. Sign up and come to Leadership Track. And we had about 50 awesome. signed up and came. And it's a six-week thing. So it's every it's a six weeks in a row, Sundays after church, for about an hour and a half. And about 50 people signed up wow, that's and completed amazing. it. It's what did awesome. they learn in there? You know, the way we pitched it, and we still, this is going to be the way it's going to be as well. It's not just vintage. Like, we want people to grow as leaders, yes, at Vintage Church, but also in their workplace, sure. in their families. So a lot of people, I mean, it was a mixed bag of people. I mean, mm-hmm. people that do all kinds of stuff for their jobs, their careers. And I think a lot of people's eyes are just really opened mm-hmm. to the potential that they have as as leaders. Um, I think it gave a lot of people a confidence boost. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, you know, we're insecure. We, we, mm-hmm. we doubt ourselves. We think that 
we can't do it or there's no way that we could really grow. Like we're stuck. And I think people kind of felt that that being kind of taken away and they saw the potential at Vintage, but also in in their lives. And they sure. dreamed together because we had table talk as well every uh, time we met. Dustin would teach us and then we would discuss the table and process. Yeah. So, and, and I suppose too, there's a big element there of people who just don't know the path forward. Right. It, it might not be that they are, you know, insecure as people in general. You know, they might seem to be, you know, have their stuff together in that sense. Right. But if there's not a path forward, yeah. you know, that definitely creates insecurity, especially if they want to move forward. So Exactly. Exactly. So let me ask you this different question. How do you measure success? How do you measure success for you personally in your job? Yeah. But also, how do you help your lay leaders measure success? Yeah. That's two different questions. That's a great question. So for me personally, I guess I'll start with just, you know, my, I guess, success in ministry. You know, I'm, I'm really, I'm still new to this, you know. I mean, I graduated uh, seminary a couple years ago, and I've been a pastor now for about a year and a half. Uh, and it's been very humbling, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been incredible, though, and I wouldn't. Uh, I'm, God has just uh, been so good and taught me so much. And I think, you know, I think success for me, yes, of course, they're seeing events get, you know, events that are pulled off, and and you know, I have to I have to get things done mm-hmm. and uh, and make sure that they go well. Mm-hmm. And after the an event or uh, a, a, something we do as a church that I'm overseeing. And there's a lot of people involved. I remember the first Serve Nola day that I had to oversee, a hundred people served. That's pretty awesome, right? Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, "Wow, this exceeded my expectations." And I had I had seven to eight ministry sites co- I was coordinating with these hundred people. I had a lunch afterwards and trying to figure out how to like make this impactful for our people. And I after that event, I took a massive breath of fresh air, and I was like, "Wow, that was a success," you know. And that's not because of me necessarily. Like, yes, I think I did my job, and I think I worked hard, and I, I worked on logistics. There's a ton of details, and um, but man, people got the vision, mm. and people got behind it, and people were excited. When people get behind the vision, when people get behind what you're doing, whatever it is in ministry, and they wanna they wanna go and follow you and mm-hmm. follow the vision that God's put in your heart. And, uh, and they participate, mm-hmm. that's what I consider. I think, in a nutshell, I consider that a success for me watching it all happen. When mm-hmm. I see people rally around us, um, the church, the vision that God's called us to, and they own it for themselves, mm-hmm. that's a success. Mm-hmm. Also, when I see our leaders, <clears throat> when I see our leaders grab hold of it, and I see them run with it, and I see them take initiative, um, I, I, I like to help get them started, you know, because that's my story as a young leader. I had I had people pour into me and help get me started, and then they just let me roll with it. <laughs> and yes, I messed up. Yes, I failed. But that's how you learn. And uh, they entrusted me to just take what they taught me and then go with it and run with it and lead. And so when I see when I see leaders after we meet or after we put a plan together, and I say, look. Go with it, mm-hmm. and, you know. I'm I'm in touch with them, but I, I don't want to de- like de- nobody wants to be delegated. I mean, no one wants to be micromanaged. Like sure. we all want some some freedom and some trust. Sure. And I think when I see leaders take that freedom and they run with it and they own it and uh, and they lead, mm-hmm. that's I consider that a success too. How do you keep lay leaders? 
who aren't going to be at you know the Monday morning staff meeting and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. How do you keep lay leaders aligned on the same vision? Right. That's a great question. So we do things, you know, as a church, we have rhythms where we have leadership, you know, I guess you could call them meetings or hangouts. <clears throat> a lot of them <clears throat> are just fun where we just hang out and fellowship. Some are strategic, talking about ministry. And so about once a quarter, we get all of our lay leaders together. We, we celebrate them. We have a dinner. We share with them what's going on. Um, and so we have one coming up in April, like a crawfish boil mm-hmm. for them, just for our leaders. And that'll be just appreciation. Um, but we have, you know, we have like a face. This is just like little stuff. We do have a Facebook leadership group where we mm-hmm. post things about every week going on to make sure that they're all seeing it. It's our responsibility as pastors, staff, to make sure that our leaders are are in sync with everything going on. Mm-hmm. And so if uh, if our kids' leader or our connect coordinator or a men's coordinator, if they're like oblivious to what's going on, that's on me, right? Because mm-hmm. they're kind of under me. Mm-hmm. So that's my responsibility ultimately to make sure that they're always in tune with what they need to know. And then on, outside of that, we'll do like big stuff with them. Mm-hmm. And and that's stuff that we only, you know, they, they hear it first, you know. Um, they're in that conversation first. Um, we try to include them. Yeah. Make them feel a part of everything so that they can lead well too. So I have one more question. How would a church or somebody who's on staff at a church and they're listening to this podcast when do you think they would not need a ministries pastor? If they're cons- if they're hearing this, they're like, We need all these things or these are all good things rather. What kind of church would really just not benefit from a ministries pastor? Yeah. So I used to serve at a church in Spartanburg, South Carolina, First Baptist Church. It was kind of my first post-college ministry experience, and it was an incredible experience. It's actually how I got here in the first place. It's a long story, but um, God provided through that, and that church was a big church, Mm. and they had a lot of ministries, and they had um, the way they were structured. You know, there's no perfect structure out Mm there. You know, like, I mean, everybody has their ideal and their preference, but, you know, um, structure is very important. And I think it, it depends on how you want to structure your church. With a large church, um, like a, a mega church or mm-hmm. a bigger church that has a bunch of ministries, um, age group ministries or recreation ministry or missions, like all these mm-hmm. big ministries, they usually have like ministers or pastors or leaders that work for the church mm-hmm. that oversee the big picture of that ministry. They don't. You know, there might be an associate pastor or an executive pastor, probably that's probably like checking in mm-hmm. on the big picture of all the ministries too. But they're not going to be as hands on as I am with these ministries. Mm-hmm. So these larger churches, what I've seen at least in a lot of them, is they already have that structure within their ministries. Mm-hmm. When you get to the size church that we are, where we're we're going through growth, right? And so we're not a church plant, but we're not a mega church. We're kind of you know, we're in New Orleans, so yeah. <laughs> slow growth, man. You keep grinding it out. You're faithful. The Lord provides. But um, as you grow, you've got to – it's called growing pains. You've got to adjust. You've got to acclimate. And so I think what I'm seeing is the size of the church has a lot to do with it. Is the church, you know, uh, the size church where someone like me, a ministries pastor, can can literally have an eye on a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and that be good. Mm-hmm. Now, if we grow – and keep growing and keep growing, that's probably going to need to be adjusted a little bit because I'm going to be like, wow, this is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but if the church is the size church where it's not small, but it's not like huge, mm-hmm. and the ministry's pastor can have a personal leadership touch with all the ministries mm-hmm. and uh, and do that in a healthy way, in a productive way, I think a church could use that. If a church is huge or a church is really small, I think it's a little bit different, and mm-hmm. you have to probably adjust that position or that, you know, the structure there. So, yeah. Sounds good. Awesome. If people want to follow up with you, follow you online, where do they go? What do they do? Well, Facebook, you know, Matthew Weaver. Okay. <laughs> uh, Twitter and Instagram is M underscore Weave. W-E-A-V. So W-E-A-V. Okay. No E on the end. M right. underscore uh, Weave. That's Twitter and Instagram. Also, I got a blog. I write blogs and stuff like that. Joe helped me with my blog. Yeah. And so that's mweave.com. Um, and then our church website is uh, VintageChurchNola.com. You could check us out there. So Sounds great. Thanks for coming to the podcast, yeah. Matthew. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Hey, it's Gary and Joe here again. Would you do us a favor? If you like this podcast, go to iTunes and leave us a review. This would mean the world to us. Thanks.